Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship this morning. Was it great this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's wonderful to not only sing the songs, but to listen to the words. Some of these songs have words that, that, you know, we don't normally think about when we want to express our praise and our worship to the Lord. And, and I, I'm just thankful that God has inspired so many authors to write music. This morning, we're going to have something done a little bit different. But before I share, I, I want to uh, just mention that uh, we have some wonderful friends that came from Vernon this morning and are here with us and uh, just appreciate them so much. We've had uh, Ken and Colleen have been uh, just wonderful friends of ours as we uh, have had our journey here in the Okanagan and, and yes, very much appreciate them. They're an encouragement to us. I'd like to spend a few Sundays, a few messages, reviewing some of the past events that have taken place. Some of the difficult things that you as a church have gone through. Some of the significant markers along the way. And try to relate those events to what we see in light of Scripture. So I've titled this message, The Days Have Gone. We can't bring the past back. But one thing that we can do is we can move forward. So, Father, this morning, as we travel down this journey, we pray for your, your presence to be here. We pray that you would move in our hearts, in our souls. We pray that we would be willing to take the journey. Not a journey alone, but a journey with you. And so we ask that you would just come now. That you would speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. In the Bible, we find God's word. The Bible is God's word. The Bible is also a book of life. And the Bible is a storybook. Sometimes people say, well, preach out of the Bible. Preaching stories. Because that's what the Bible is. It's a storybook. And probably one of the people that we hear the most stories from is the Lord Jesus. He constantly was a storyteller. But as I began to look into all of these stories, I found that many stories repeated in Scripture. And then I began to look and I found that Google told me that there are 246 stories in the Bible that are repeated or historical events that have been repeated. I thought that was very significant because I think it's done deliberately. I think God did this intentionally. I think he did it so that some of these stories are there for warnings for us. Some of the stories are there to teach us lessons. And some of the stories are there for us to remember. To remember. 
and to let us know that we are not alone in our circumstance. I don't know how many times I've read the Bible and I went, thank you, God, for this story because I can relate to this story. I'm very comforted in the fact that David fell to sin because it tells me that I'm not alone. These stories impact our lives. So I think they're important for us. So I want to share this passage this morning, and it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. Just a short passage. But here Moses says in this passage, he says, remember. Remember. That's very important. I think Moses, I don't know how many times Moses said to the Israelites, remember. Here he says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. And then he says to humble you and to test you in order to know what is in your heart. Whether or not you would keep his commands. If we look at the story of Moses, we find that Moses' story begins as a little baby in a basket floating down the Nile. And then Pharaoh's daughter sees this basket and has it pulled in and she ends up raising Moses as an Egyptian. Now Moses, of course, got to know all of the customs and the teachings of the Egyptians. He was a predominant Egyptian. But it wasn't without also beginning to understand his roots and where he came from. And because of that, we find that the story was about how Moses ended up killing a man, a fellow Egyptian. And then Moses, of course, got scared and he ran to Midian. And there he found himself herding sheep for 40 years being humbled at probably one of the most humbling places that Moses encountered God was in that burning bush. And his real spiritual journey began. Next thing we know is Moses was directed back to Egypt to lead the Israelites out of bondage. And we see that for the next 40 years. And what a journey Moses had with the Israelites. I don't know how many times I've read the story, but it's interesting every time I read it. And every time I read it, I find more things that I learn. It begins with a confrontation with Pharaoh and ten plagues. Then an exodus, an exodus from Egypt until they get to the Red Sea. And then there was this miraculous experience of the parting of the Red Sea and the Israelites going through on dry ground and the guidance of the Spirit of God hovering in a cloud during the day and by fire by night. After that, we see the Ten Commandments, the sacrificial system. We see the struggle in the desert and God producing water from the rock 
manna from the sky, quail that covered the ground. We also saw judgments of where whole groups of people were swallowed up by the earth. We saw the death of a whole generation. At the end of this journey, the very edge of the promised land, God suddenly saw fit to bring about a great change. Moses' leadership was about to end right there. Right at the place where there was hope. Hope of entering this land of milk and honey. And it was just then that the Lord said to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 14. Now the day of your death is near. The day of your death is near. In chapter 32, verse 52. You will see the land only from a distance. You will not enter the land I'm giving the people of Israel. You see, Moses knew the Israelites. <laughs> He'd been dealing with them for 40 years. And he also understood what the end of his leadership was going to mean. His greatest concern, I think, was not, oh, I'm going to die. Because I think Moses knew that to death meant glory. But it was his fear for the folks that he left behind. And I have no doubt that Pastor Jamie knew that the end of his days were near. And I have no doubt that he thought a lot about this congregation. Likewise, most assuredly, Pastor Neil had you very heavy on his minds as he knew his days were near. I don't think they were concerned about where they were going. They were concerned about those who were left behind. Concerned about the future of this fellowship. It's my understanding from the little that I know of these two great people is that Jamie, Pastor Jamie, was an inspiration to this congregation. A great inspiration to this congregation. And Pastor Neil was like a rock here in this church giving you 30 years of solid leadership. Two people that you revered as the head of this church. Two wonderful people. And although God didn't call Pastor Adrian to glory, I also believe that his impact was great in this church. God chose to move him. You were left behind. Not behind in glory, but left behind to where God was taking them. As I consider these losses and these wonderful men, 
It takes me to scripture. To the stories of a number of godly leaders who stood in the office of ministry and God took them home. I also think about your loss. I was about nine years old when a family that my parents were very close to and, and our children, the children of our family and their children of their family were very close in age. One of the other children in that family was my age. We got together often as a family, spent Christmases together. And then suddenly one day he had a work accident and passed away. And I remember what that family went through. I was only nine, but I remember. I was about 18 years old when a dear friend lost her brother who had fallen down an embankment and died. Myself and a couple of guys, we walked with this friend through her loss. There was a sudden death of my 51-year-old mother-in-law, a massive heart attack. Got a call one night. There were the deaths of three of our grandchildren, stillborn. One of them, Isabel came down the birth canal with a knot in the umbilical cord and suffocated. These are tough things to go through. It affects your life. It affects the way that you respond to people. It leaves us grieving. It leaves us brokenhearted. It leaves us trying to pick up the pieces after this has taken place. And then we have the, the questions. I know I have questions. I had questions. I still have questions. The biggest question is why, God? Isn't it? Why? Isn't that what we ask? Why did you take my husband? Why did you take my child? Why did you take my friend? Why did you take my pastor? We, we ask God, we say, God, we prayed for them. Why didn't you answer my prayer? We may say, we, we needed that leadership. This has come at the wrong time, God. Why? These are all questions I can't answer. But could it be that if we look back to Deuteronomy chapter 8, that God's giving us some answers? Could it be that God has given us sorrow to strengthen us? Could it be that God has given us sorrow to humble us? 
to see what's inside of our hearts, to see what we're made of, to see if we are truly his, to see if we will not walk away, but we will depend upon him even more. I can't change the past for you. I really can't. But the one thing that we can do is we can remember the past. We can remember the past. And we can also be encouraged about the future. We all need that encouragement. So this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to share, to share some of your memories, to, to share the things that you feel, whether they're hurts, whether they're special moments, Maybe you still struggle and you want to share your struggle. You may be quiet. You, nobody may know what you're struggling with. But if you share the struggle, somebody can come alongside of you and help you through it. Someone can, you, you can rejoice in the things that God has done. You can share those memories, the good times, and remember them. So this morning, I'm going to ask a couple of our ushers got a couple of mics. I'll maybe give one to somebody else. This morning, this is a time that I invite you to, to share some of these moments. To recall them. The times you've had with Pastor Neil times you've had with Pastor Jamie, the things that you might have gone through, struggled with. I want to open that up to you. I want to encourage you to share because if you're going to move from the past into the future, we have to do that together. We've got someone over there that will share. Yes, Pastor Jamie, you're talking about special gifts. My wife passed away a couple of months ago. And what she did is knit, knit, knit. And I added it up and I think it, she knitted over a thousand blankets for the poor. Wow. That sticks with me a lot because that's a lot, a lot of work. And I'm so blessed by that. Yes. I'm also so blessed by people that are taking care of me. They take me to the church, take me shopping. With three little girls, I'm so blessed. Yes. I hope that I'm staying here. Yes, thank you. But I'm also blessed with the wife that I have. Amen. I did so much for the poor. Amen. I love my wife and I love the kids. Yes. Thank you. We, we all have a story, don't we? But it's also good to share the story. Thank you. I just want to share something from Paul. When our, when I, I've shared this with some of the people in congregation about Neil. When he was little, not very old, he said, Mom, 
someday I'm going to be a preacher or a missionary. Mm. And he never wavered from that till the day God called him home. Amen. Amen. A man who already knew where he was going. That's great. What memories do you have? I'm sure we all have these stories, stories to tell. We are a family. You don't have to be shy. Over here, there's one, two, three. I grew up in church all my life, pretty much. <clears throat> but it was really Pastor Neil and his past in his life, but in his um, messages to us was about love and about God's love and how that has to be shown to to everybody. <clears throat> and I also, um, it, it was an enlightenment to me. <clears throat> I mean, pastors are supposed to talk about love, right? But not all have and not all do and they don't all show it. But Pastor Neil did. And it was um, comforting for me to realize we were in Anchorage at the time when Neil passed away and we got to talk to our son and our daughter-in-law about it and she said you know he talked about love and she was surprised because she too has never heard a pastor talk about love they could tell you oh you should wear this or you should wear that or you should <laughs> do whatever but there was nothing about God's love and that is what she also heard from God from Amen. Pastor Neil Amen. So I thank him for that. Amen. Thank you. I'd like to just take this opportunity to thank uh, the people of the Penticton Church for two, two reasons. Uh, around the, my name is Bill Stewart. Around these parts, I am best known as Kathy Souter's uh, little brother. And uh, Kathy is here today, and I know that many of you have prayed for her, have visited her, given support, and been behind her during these difficult years. And I want to thank you for that. Mm. Yes. The other reason that my son Scott is here today, too, about eight years ago, Scott was uh, diagnosed with leukemia. And the only option for him was to have a bone marrow transplant, which is a very serious operation. And uh, the doctors told us uh, it's about a 33% chance of being successful. It's pretty low. If he could get a transplant uh, match from one of the family. But nobody in the family had a, a match that uh, fitted him. Mm -hmm. And so the chances of survival went down to 25%. At that time, Kathy was running a prayer and Bible study group here in Penticton. And I know that a lot of prayer and a lot of time went up from the Penticton Church for Scott. Well, Scott went through the operation. That was eight years ago. He's here today, and he's in good health. So thank you very much to the Pentecostal Church. Hi, my name is Eileen Zemo, and um, I am a cancer patient. And um, I thank God for 
life-extending drugs. When Pastor Jamie died, it really affected me. And my question was, why me, Lord? And I was wondering, well, maybe I wasn't ready to go home. And um, I listened to a CD until I wore it out because the anointing of the Lord was on his singing. And I would drive and just listen to that music. And I thank God for the anointing that was on his life. And then Pastor Neil became ill. And one night at the house, we were going to have a prayer meeting. And nobody showed up. And I'm sitting there with my Bible. And I had an unction on my heart to go to the hospital. I wanted to go to the hospital. I wasn't disappointed that the prayer meeting didn't happen. I was actually freed. And I said to Wesley and Mildred, I'm going to the hospital. And at that time, Floyd Allenbrand was in the hospital. He had fallen. And Mildred looked at me and she said, well, dearie, don't you think it's a little late? I said, no. I said, I don't. I said, I have an unction in my heart to go to the hospital. And so she came. Wesley couldn't come at that time. And we went and we seen Floyd and we had a lovely visit with him. And I wanted to see Neil because I'd never seen him. And I never had the opportunity to pray with him. And we wanted to do that. And we didn't discuss it. I had Mildred in a wheelchair and she's saying, Dearie, she said, it's too late. I'm saying, no, Mildred. And then Floyd spoke up and said he would love to see you go. So with his father's permission, of course, we went. And um, we went up to the room and Heather was sitting there with her husband. It was so nice to see the two of them. And we didn't go all the way in because he was at a stage that we didn't want him to catch anything from us. And uh, we were just inside the door. And we had a wonderful visit. It wasn't long, but it was precious. And just as Mildred and I were going to leave, I never forget the way Neil's hand came out. And he said, please, don't leave. I want to pray for you. And he prayed for us. And it was such a beautiful prayer. And we were so blessed. And it gave me such a peace. And I remember praying one night. I said, Lord, I said, I'm really afraid to pray this. But I said, would you not take me instead of Neil? He's so needed. And I was really kind of broken when he died. But at the same time, I had the assurance of the Lord that gave me such a peace that he had completed his calling, what God had called him to do here. And he took him home to glory. And I'll never forget this. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I won't make this long. But uh, we all go through trials and we all have a story to tell. And, uh, my story is that you know, I lost my wife at a young age. I lost my two brothers at a young age. And I have two daughters we both, who both went, went through a bout of cancer and survived. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, all these things come to you. And sometimes, sometimes you think, you know, what now? What can I do now? Yes, I will. 
It's hard to talk without your hands. <laughs> but you know, I prayed so much for these people that I lost, and it didn't seem to, to change things. But I knew that God was there, and he had a purpose for me and for the people that I lost. They all knew the Lord, and that's a real blessing. Amen. Thank you, Lord, yes, for that. Yes, Lord. So we'll see each other again. Also, you know, after they were gone, after my wife died, uh, I was alone for about four or five years, and I just hated it. I didn't like being alone. So after about four years, I started praying. I said, Lord, if you have somebody in mind for me, please, please show me. And uh, not even two weeks later, he showed me somebody. <laughs> He showed me this wonderful lady beside me here. Amen. And we've been married for 17 years now. Amen. Wow. And, uh, you know, she also lost her husband at a young age. So we had lots to share and lots to talk about. And, but uh, in all these things, God is so graceful and so, so, so wonderful that, uh, you know, I can't, I can't express how, how thankful I am to him. Yes for the things he gave me. And I know it's going to be all right, you know, mm -hmm. even after we lose people. And stay close to him. Yes. Lord Jesus, I love you, and we'll see each other again. Yes. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for, for sharing. Anyone else? Over here. Um, I got the... No, Jamie, pretty well, close, <coughs> close to the end. And uh, what happened with us is uh, about four of us went up to Kelowna to pray for Jamie. And uh, I'll never forget that day. We're praying all the way up there in the in the car and uh, got there and Jamie was his jovial self. Mm. Not a word. Not a word in the world. And he loved Jesus so much. And he loved people just as much of unbelief. Um, and uh, we went into his room and we were talking and praying and talking and finally he said, you know, it's not fair because I wanted to, I prayed yesterday that God would give me a room with a whole bunch of unsaved guys. And <laughs> 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 he hasn't done it yet. <laughs> and uh, so we had a good chuckle about that. And then uh, before he left, he prayed for us. <laughs> I'll never forget it because he prayed for strength, strength for us. And here we were hoping to be able to pray for him. Mm -hmm. yeah. And God just lit up that room. Unbelievable. And uh, gave us the faith to go on. Amen. And, uh, 
we know that we'll see him again, but as many as did here, it wasn't fair that God took so soon. Mm -hmm. Pastor Neil also wasn't fair. That guy had a better reason, obviously. I just thank God for the opportunity to know these two men of God. You can truly say that. But they're men of God. And, uh, wow. Hope I'm at 1 100th of what they were. Thank you. Yes, yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Pastor Neil was the most humble man I ever met in my life. No matter when you met with him, no matter when you talked with him, it was always all about God and never about Neil. Amen. I have a humorous memory of Jamie that I'd like to share with you. A number of years ago, we uh, had the opportunity to purchase a Jaguar sedan. And as you know, Jamie loved cars. And we were going out for dinner together with him and Kristen and going up to Kelowna for a concert. And he wanted to drive the car. Um, our son Marshall was working out in Ottawa at the time and Jamie wanted to be able to rub it into Marshall that he got to drive dad's Jag first. <laughs> so we drove up there, had a great time, um, discovered up there when he, it was time to pay for dinner that he had forgotten his wallet. So that meant that he was driving without a license, but he wouldn't give back the car keys. He insisted that he still drove the car all the way back to Penticton <laughs> without a license. <laughs> uh, wonderful memories. Our youngest daughter passed away when she was only 41 years old. And uh, the last three weeks that she spent in the hospital, Pastor Neil was there every day. And if you didn't see me, he saw Kim. He always caught up with us. And he was, when the day Kim had passed away, he was, he was there, <clears throat> just moments after. And um, I, miss, I still miss both of them. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. See if the drummer here can keep his head together and remember what I was going to say. Um, Pastor, both Pastor Neil and Pastor Jamie were such tremendous friends, I think, to all of us. And uh, what a friend we have in Jesus and what a friend we have in this congregation. I think we can contribute that to a lot of where Jamie and Neil have taken us over the years. We've had a uh, number of deaths over this past year, and uh, Beth's sister and uh, Pastor Neil were diagnosed with the same cancer about the same time and the same prognosis and live within three days of each other. So that's always really kind of stuck with us about how close that was. And uh, playing with Jamie in the gospel group was, was just such a privilege. Um, what a man of God he was. He just, and such a feeling for the music and for what he was praying and singing for whenever he was performing. You had to be with him to really appreciate where he came from with that. And I was thinking about the uh, the uh, celebration they had down at the arena for Pastor Jamie, and what a tremendous, tremendous honor to have known that man. And the same with Neil. Um, 
Neil and Heather have had their family issues over the years as we and when you share that it just makes things so much easier to have people to share that with and so you're so right about sharing among this congregation and uh, having people to talk to when both of our parents were in uh, homes around town uh, extended care and things we keep bumping into people that came to church and were members of the church for years and you kind of tend to forget about them, and we shouldn't. They're our friends from this church, and it's, you kind of get wrapped up in your own lives with everything going on, but every now and then it'd be nice to maybe reach out and try to get hold of those people and just pay them a little visit. Just a thought. Thank you. Thank you so much. I just want to share something about Jamie, too, on a little bit of a, a very different slant, as I was sharing about Neil, but... I remember one day, it was um, our daughter at that time was turning 50, and I walked into the church, and I said, um, Jamie was coming out of the office with his big smile, and, and I said, oh, Jamie, today is our daughter's 50th birthday. He said to me, how old will I be when my daughter is 50? And I said, Jamie, the same age as I was at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I wasn't going to share because it's an emotional time, but being that we're family. Amen. I just want to say that while a lot of us here are mostly 50 or over, God used Pastor Neil in such a way in our youth. And I think of our daughter, and she still struggles every day with Pastor Jamie and Pastor Neil's death, so you can pray for her. But having said that, at the end of her graduation year, they were asked to write down who inspired them. And her dad was one of them, but she said, Mom, Pastor Neil always inspired me to be a better person. She said mm -hmm. he always challenged me. Yes. So for that, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that for all the youth that have come through these doors over the last 30 years that Pastor Neil pastored here, that he left a legacy, and while sometimes we hurt because we miss them, we know that Pastor Neil left a legacy in the hearts and lives of many, many people, and he will in the years to come, too. So I'm thankful for that. Thank you. Thank you. want to give you the opportunity. I, I don't want to cut any of you short because this, this is a healing time to express, to express what you feel, to express what you're going through or been through. So Pastor Neil was certainly there for me when I came back from my wilderness experience. He really counseled me and cautioned me on things that I should watch for in, in my grieving time. Very practical and very loving to bring up the hard things that I never would have recognized if it wasn't for his help. And so... I definitely, when 
he passed away, there was a, a very empty spot in my heart. and I sure missed him. He was so awesome. After my wife passed away and Jamie passed away, I fell in love with this little lady beside me. And um, we come to, uh, to his office and we said, uh, we would like to get married after the service on the Sunday morning. And he said, that ain't going to happen. I said, we've been through a lot of sorrow and pain and now we need some joy. You're going to get married during the service. And we did. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Wonderful. As the pastor says here, we've uh, all been through many journeys and uh, many f trials we have as a family. Um, I don't know if you all know, but we lost our first child. Um, and uh, it was a very struggle, but he has blessed us. The Lord has blessed us with three wonderful daughters that have uh, grown up in the Lord. There's struggles there yet. And, but Neil, when we came to this church about 10 years ago, saw that in me, I think. He saw my rough edge. He saw my a little bit of a wild side that I had, and he mentored me in a way that nobody else had ever done. And I found family with you folks here, with the church here, and especially with Neil. And um, he blessed us so richly in what he always... When I left the church every sermon, he would challenge me to do the good fight, fight the good fight. And then on the day that he passed, I had a, the, the night before he passed, I won't say it's a vision, but he came to me. I dreamt of Neil, and he said, fight the good fight, Mel. And then I went to work the next morning, and Audrey phoned me up that day and said, Neil passed away last night mm -hmm. and it struck me that he would talk to me that I would remember that and that was a vision in that Neil had carried that he had given me to me and I, I thank the Lord for that and I know it's the Lord working through Neil so it's not Neil it was the Lord Amen. working through Neil and that's all that I can be thankful for is the grace of God through everything that we've been through so Amen. thank you Amen. thank you No doubt God works through us. He works through people. And, and it, just before I go on, is there anyone else that wants to share? One more over here. Nobody has any idea how good the people taking care of me from this church, picking me up to go shopping, go to the bank, and many other things. I am so blessed. Know that Trudy talked to, to Bessie about this. He said, take care of me. Did you take care of Bill when I passed on? Amen. It's a dump. So many things to be thankful for. Yes. 
but our friends and family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is uh, interesting that we're talking about this because we just came back from Vancouver yesterday, stopped in Manning Park, and ran into Kristen and her kids and her parents, mm. had a visit. So we, we have to remember them too because uh, they're obviously thinking about the loss from time to time on a daily basis. So mm -hmm. Keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Yes, yes thank you. Just thinking of uh, a time that uh, we spent with Jamie near near the end, um, we there was a, a lot of the church had come together to to do a suite in the basement of their place to finish out the outside, so we didn't have to worry about those things as he became progressively ill. And um, I have to say, it, it was a privilege to be a part of the the church body that shored up their family. Mm -hmm. yes. Thank you. Kristen still talks about the love and care that she got, and you just poured out your hearts and your souls and your hurt and love and care. They knew they were loved, even though you know that we love you. They knew they were loved, and I want to thank you for that because wrapping your arms around them as they were dying, but also around the families after, um, just solidified the fact that we're family. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for sharing this morning. It, and what it tells me is this is a family. This is a group of people who care for one another, who have gone through much together, who have been there to support each other, to encourage each other. You know, sometimes when a family member passes away, for a short while it brings people together, but then, you know what happens? person that had the glue isn't there anymore. And people start to slowly fade away. But it doesn't have to be that way. The memories can hold us together. We can still be a family. The purpose of this church has never changed. The very reason you came here is still the same reason you came here. There's one person that brings us here, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he uses 
each and every one of you under the leadership of your pastors to keep that together. And we want to stay together. In fact, doesn't every family want to grow? Don't you want to see your children grow up, have children? Don't you love to see your grandchildren? Don't you want to see your grandchildren grow up and have children and become great-grandchildren? Isn't that the picture of the church? To see those who have grown up in the Lord and to see other children come into the kingdom? To see them grow up in the Lord and produce other children for the kingdom. This is an important time that you are going through as a church. What did Moses say? Remember. Remember. I don't know how many times Moses said that, but that was the message that Moses had, was remember. You know, the Lord Jesus had the same message. He came to his disciples and he said, remember, remember. They were a family. They were a group of, of 11 disciples. One had fallen away, but to the 11, he said, remember. And they stayed as a family. They worked together. They fulfilled the commission which Jesus had given them. So I want to encourage you to remember as we come to the communion table this morning, remember your past. Remember the things that you had experienced. Remember the trials. Remember the hardships. Remember what has brought you together. Father, as we come into a time of communion, everything begins with you. And there's things that we don't want to forget. We never want to forget you. But we want to remember. Remembering is more than just recalling an event. Remembering involves stirring up our hearts, stirring up our minds. Remembering means reliving the Lord Jesus Christ. Reliving the relationships that we have had with people that we love and have loved. So this morning, I want to ask you to reflect on these things. Jesus left his place in heaven, a place of glory to come onto this earth and become flesh. 
John chapter 3, verse 13 says, No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Jesus left his glory to sacrifice his life for us. I don't know what Pastor Jamie would have done or Pastor Neil would have done, but they left their position in the world to serve you because God called them to that ministry. Jesus was called to a ministry here on earth. He became poor so that we may become rich. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace our Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. He bore our sins upon himself. 1 Peter 2, verse Verse 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. He took our place at Calvary. He took our infirmities. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5. Surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. By his wounds, we are healed. His blood for our redemption. Revelation chapter nine, 5, verse 9. You were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe, language, people, and nation. He conquered. He conquered death for each one of us forever, for eternity. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 to 17. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive who are left till the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with a voice of the archangel, with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord Forever. What a promise. What a promise God has given us through the Lord Jesus Christ. He ascended into heaven, but he left us a hope. It's more than a dream. It's a reality that God has left us. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says, Therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. He is always interceding for us. No matter what we are going through, no matter what our struggles are, God is all, Jesus is always interceding to the Father for us. He's always making things ready. These are powerful passages that hold great meaning in our lives. It is absolutely amazing and wonderful, and we can never thank God enough for those people that he brings into our lives 
to keep us strong in the faith. But there is no one more important than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In 1991, Graham and I came to this church with a broken heart. And we met Pastor Neil at the door. And he gave us a statement of faith what this church believed in. And I thought, it believes everything I believe. I think I'll stay. <laughs> and Pastor Neil was an amazing preacher. And there was a dirty communion cup in the, the pew. And I thought, boy, this church cares more about people than they do if they've missed something. And that really spoke to our heart because the church we came from was so regimented. And through the years and the trials and the tribulations and things that we've walked through, Pastor Neil and Pastor Jamie, when he came alongside of Pastor Neil, they've always been there for us. And so is my dear friend, Kathy Suter. When Pastor Neil went home to be with the Lord and Jamie and my dear friend lost her voice, I thought, you know what? Pastor Neil and Jamie and Kathy's voice were rocks in my life and in the pond of life. You look around and there's rocks in your life, people that are rocks. And I looked at these people as rocks. And then when they were gone, Patty, Pat, Kathy no longer can counsel me, but she can in a silent way. I looked around one day and I thought, Jesus Christ is the rock of my salvation. Amen. Amen. They were all pebbles in a pond and God put them in our lives to help us and nurture us and grow us. But Jesus Christ is the rock of our salvation. Amen. And I thank you that this church stands on that rock. Amen. And that the ministries of this church is on that rock. And I praise Jesus for that because a lot of churches are watering down the gospel. And Pastor Neil just said it the way it was. He stood on the rock. So thank you for being pebbles in my pond. And remember, Jesus is our rock. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Viola. I'm going to ask the worship team come, but not to give us a closing song. I think that it's fitting that we just close in prayer and we have the dismissal of our service this morning. So, Father, this morning, as, as we have come to meet you, Truly, we believe we have met you here this morning. That you have touched each one of our hearts in a very powerful way. We thank you. We thank you. We ask, Father, that you continue to be our rock, to be our salvation. We ask, Father, that you continue to grow us together. Together. And Lord, that our lives would be a blessing to you, even as you bless us. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>